The history's okay, but I do not watch basketball. It is boring for me. Oh, another layup. Great. Um, but I still love the sport. Uh, I grew up in a weird situation where I had an indoor court when I was a kid and um, was always a littlest, but I, I made some headway in certain areas. And uh, I always find them when I'm like scouring thrift stores. I'll find these really nice balls for no money, and I can't not buy them. And they just sort of collect. Uh, and then I saw this the other day on the street, and I went over and I looked at it and looked around. I looked, there was no, there were no kids, there was no one around, and I'm like just standing there, and I'm like, this is probably somebody's, but I'm not gonna be the one who leaves it for someone else to get a free basketball. I want a free basketball, so here's the second one. <laughs> Allie, yeah. Starlight, is that yes. right? Starlight. Starlight. Tell me, Two R's. That, why don't we start with that? So, I've been working on my artistry for four years with this guy named Robert Max, who worked with Stevie Nicks and a bunch of other artists in artist development. He was um, in the sciences working with the quantum physics and all that, and then transitioned into music, because music's course, been his, as you do. his whole family's in music. They're rock and roll hall of famers and all kinds of things, just discouraging him from even going into music. They wanted him to go into astrophysicist, astrophysicist. They wanted him, yeah, they wanted him to stay away from music altogether. And he said, okay, because he, he did like science. Yeah, Clearly of was, course. Had an aptitude Books for it. and music were his friends as a kid. Oh, wow. And so he's a genius and he's also in love with music wow, and, and listened to Sly Stone and and um, the classics. So I learned a bunch from him in arts development and um, basically went down this road where I was just trying to figure out, uncover. I was in choir and I was doing a lot of technical stuff classically and had to throw all that out, you know, just mm. to find out who I am authentically and... And David Bowie was one of the people that I kind of came across and never knew about. Um, How old were you? I was 19. When you first started listening to Bowie? Yeah. Wow. 19. So this was what, six months ago? <laughs> <laughs> the fuck? I'm 22. 22? Right. Well, that's okay. not yeah. Okay, well, that makes yeah. sense. Um, which makes a lot of sense because you have your song, Bowie Showed Me. Which yes. is we've 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 seen. Mm -hmm. I will admit it is not my style, so I have to look at it from an objective sort of like reviewer um, stance. Mm -hmm. um, and I really did like this sort of oh I mean, did you wait until he died? So I started listening to him before he died and was discovering his image. His image had a huge impact on people. His image and the art of his essence is what people really loved, not his music necessarily. And for me too, I was kind of like, wait, I'm like this guy? Like, mm -hmm. you know, Robert was like, you kind of remind me of a female David Bowie. And <laughs> and I was like, this guy? In what, in what way? In in the sense of that he's art. And, and he was a model and I modeled okay. for a while and um, quit right before I met Robert. And um, I kind of, I loved it, but I, I kind of hit this ceiling with it in the sense in, internally and was like, so this is as, uh, I don't know, I was in some of the top agencies in New York and I was standing in those rooms and I was kind of like, this is going to be a different path and it's not authentic. It, does, it didn't feel authentic to me, but I appreciated the art form itself, um, kind of morphing your, you know, your character into these other characters and... But the whole thing in the modeling world is like take down your own identity to be what we want you to be. 
And so when I met Robert, I was like, I want to be me. And I want to bring that to the world. Are there any models who transcend that formula and are able to be themselves that you can think Definitely of? supermodels. They just, because they're so big, they're, they're just allowed to be. Yeah, because they're, because they're focused on kind of being a brand, which is their own personality, mm -hmm. or they, they want to bring that out. And they want girls to want to be like them. So they really do want to bring out their personalities. So you have to I don't earn know. the it's right. A different you have to make them yeah, enough money like a very to small earn percentage. the position where you can be like, I get to do what I want to do, which is common yeah. in a lot of fields. And a lot yeah. of these models are going into music, or they're going into acting, or they're going into like going being into a music is tough. <laughs> acting is way easier to go into than it is music. Like you have to. Yeah, you have you to can have fake some being talent. okay at acting. You can't really fake. <laughs> I don't being know. A fantastic yeah. I never musician. call myself an actress. I'm always like, nope. People, I, I serve tables in Studio City at the Six. Good for you. And it's this amazing restaurant that's actually based off of uh, 1920s Prohibition. These, what? These oh, six writers that would get together and in this like garage kind of setting. So it's like these Edison bulbs and like tin roof. That's the whole restaurant. It's like mm -hmm. very vibey and like rustic. And these guys actually got arrested and their art went up in value. They would just uh. play music and eat good food and yeah. share their art and their writing and everything. Um, but that's what the six is. So we're the live music every Saturday night from seven to 10. So in wow. the Valley, there's not a lot of live music. So right. we really, really try to bring an experience no, for everybody there. Yeah. And it's a lot of families. So, you know, we close at 10, 10 30, whatever, but you know, we play for three hours and we just do like covers. We do 60s, 70s. We do like great funky. So you're music performing in, in while you're waiting tables. So this is a diff so I serve tables in the in the day and then at night I sing basically. Oh okay, so, interesting. That's pretty yeah. cool. But people know me as the singer and of the course, server, of course. and they're like, "Hey, you sing!" And I serve them. And You're like, "Yes, I do." Yeah, <laughs> still are sparkling. <laughs> but I love so that you said that that you don't say you're an actress or musician. I mean, I have that same qualm where it's just like, I worked in a restaurant so many years, and whenever somebody would. I just never liked it when servers would be like, I'm an actor, I'm an actor. I'm like, yeah, you and your mother, like everybody here is a fucking actor mm -hmm. or everybody here is doing that. But it's just, I don't know. I got so sick of it. Everybody, I would go out to eat or go out somewhere at a party and everybody would be like, I'm an actor, I'm an actor, I'm an actor, I'm an actor. But then later in the evening, they'd be like, oh my God, I work at that restaurant or I work at this restaurant. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I think for me, because we're all out here in LA, you know, yeah. doing something. I, I met these guys. They're like, yeah, we're up in San, uh, San Francisco. I'm like, oh, are you in startup? And they're like, yeah, pretty <laughs> typical. I'm like, well, I'm a singer and I live in LA, so it's super typical. So it's like... I mean, we're all going to be like we're actors or musicians or whatever, working in restaurants or bars or whatever, unless you're like really hustling and doing that freelance life, which a lot of people do. You don't have to be a superstar to like do what you love and make a living at it, which is awesome, which is a lot of what I do with the Star 44 Artist Alliance, which I'll talk about later. But talk what, about I, what I want to say, I want to finish this one point, which is about service mm -hmm. and a lot of actors and musicians are like, oh, can I take your order? Like, or they bullshit you. Sorry for the... How dare you they, they, curse? They, you can curse. They, <laughs> they, they bullshit. They're like, oh, yeah, how you doing? How you doing? Oh, yeah, great life. And you're like, okay, 
you clearly hate your job. Yeah. But I think what makes a great server is somebody that loves people. And that's right. what makes a great artist. It's true. So it's per it's interchangeable. I mean, being a server and being a lot of people are like, you got to get out of this restaurant. You got to be got to go perform. You got to do your thing. And I'm like, I am doing my thing. These are my people. This these are this is my audience right here. I get to love like singing is 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 a way of of giving love of giving serve it's being of service and it's being humble and being without your ego on stage and that's that's what makes the best artists are the ones that aren't thinking about themselves the whole time there is that is definitely an incredible point and not something you hear often from 22 year olds who are waiting tables and singing at the same place they're waiting tables which is rare um but there is something to be said about ego in certain performers like there's a way to be egotistical in a negative way but, I mean, without an ego, some of our favorite performers would not be what they yeah, are. Yeah, I mean, you have to have some self-awareness and, and some ego, I think, always is good. But there's, like, that fine line. Of I'm like, saying even to a bad, like, level where, like, some of these artists yeah. where we like to dislike like them. But they're yeah. Um, Freddie Mercury. Uh, that's the exact that's person I was thinking of. So like, we – go ahead, yeah. go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say I feel like he was a good example of just, like, I'm the shit. I'm the best, but he was. So it's like that weird thing. Like you don't want somebody saying that and acting that way who doesn't have the talent to back it up. But when Freddie Mercury would say that and be like, I am queen, everything like that, as much of a douchey thing it was, I mean, he had like a the talent like he had to proof back in the up. pudding. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So this is something we were actually just talking about, um, a few of the artists in the Alliance and, and Robert and I. And we were talking about how the great artists, the icons, One's like Freddie Mercury, one's like, you know, even Stevie Wonder and you go into Michael Jackson and you go into Prince and you go. And I'm just talking about general. A lot of people don't love these individuals, but they overall we would call these great, I think, artists and performers and musicians. Um, they're all humble. They all they are all humble. They know where this music comes from they know where this greatness that moves through them comes from mm -hmm. it's not of them and and it's it's this other thing it's this like right brain like kind of abstract like thing it's not something you can control and and even you know people artists like prince had this persona of like i'm i'm the shit and and we were talking about this with freddie mercury specifically was was he really this arrogant like douchey guy and and you look at it and and when he speaks in his interviews and you think well maybe this is just a persona like maybe this is his way of kind of look like you know in this time it's kind of a thing that was happening they everyone would just like i'm the rock star i'm the yeah. rock star yeah which is actually just you know you look at you look at uh, photos of mick jagger sitting down with like james brown or sitting down with you know aretha and and mm -hmm. and just like humbling themselves and and yeah. like really learning and you know you don't see those images in in you know like at that at that time, the, that wasn't a part of what you were seeing on them. But like now, you're seeing, oh, these guys really cared about the music, and they were really humble. Yeah, most of them really did care about what they. Yeah, did. but on stage, yeah. it's like a whole other thing. Axl right. Rose would be my prime example. Like that guy was difficult to deal with on a very egotistical level. I can't think of anyone with a crazier, great voice in that genre yeah. than Axl fucking Rose. Yeah, like his ego. Hmm. Fine, bro, do that. And that's why people uh, put up with these <laughs> egos and stuff, and that's why they can be the way they are, is because they'll get on that stage and they'll sell out a you know Madison Square it's Garden a small, and crush it. 
Kanye West is a good uh, modern example. Kanye West, I think, is a great example for Oasis. Um, what's his yeah. name? The, Liam Gallagher. The both of them. Both of them. Yeah, they were like famous. But it's like, I wouldn't change a thing. <laughs> like when I think about Kanye right now, he's like he is such. I mean, he's not. He's very egotistical. He, I think personally, as a producer, I think he has the right to be. Um, I think he's accomplished more in production than a lot of artists in all genres. Just he works a lot. But also he's like dealing with all this bipolar stuff and he has these little sporadic moments of like preaching and everything. And it's interesting to see like he is he says he's dealing with like addiction to some things or he's got bipolar. He was on medication, then off medication. And I have friends who went through that who acted nuts when they went off their bipolar medication. And a lot of our friends, I remember in high school, one friend did that and and everybody kind of like wrote him off, sure. like never talked sure. to him again, just said, mm-hmm. oh, he went crazy, which I always thought was odd. I was like, oh, but so that's it, period? Like, he went crazy, I'm done, ever. So you didn't abandon him? No. Um, and and now he's great, and he's got a life, and he's got his thing or whatever. But it was, it was from prescription drugs. Yeah, he was bipolar. He went off his medication. That kind of altered him a little bit. Yeah. Then he went back on the medication. That kind of brought him back a little bit. But people equated it to like, oh, he's crazy. Yeah. No, no, he's good now. But now he's crazy again. And it was just odd to me. Like when when that happens with like a star, and I'm using Kanye mm-hmm. as an example only because he was all over the news about his Trump stuff or whatever. And, and people, and I didn't agree with it as well. well. No one. No, no one agrees with that. <laughs> and he was, and it was, no, of course. And his whole rant on like the TMZ mm-hmm. thing. And everybody was like, Oh, he's crazy. But then he releases his new, his newer album that came out and all the albums he produced from Nas, from uh kid Cudi and from Pusha T and this other woman, he, he produced all of those albums. They all come out within uh, six weeks of each other. Wow. And mm. they all got Grammy nominations. Now Kanye's back to being a genius. Everybody's praising him for his new album, for Kid Cudi's album that he produced, all this stuff. But like just three weeks before that, he was, oh no, he's crazy now. Mm-hmm. Mm. But then it's like he releases something that people like. People are like, oh, I, he's a genius. I accept that he's both. Exactly. He's a crazy genius. And so sometimes he says there some is stupid a, shit a yeah. lot. Oh, yeah. And this business is interesting because there's a lot of illusion. There's a lot of smoke oh, in here. Sure. So it's like, is this even the real Kanye? And a lot of people are like, yeah, it is. And a lot of people are like, it's no. And a lot of people. We're all many people. Like, they're not mutually exclusive. He's cr- crazy, but he's also great yeah. at what he does. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. That I mean, good good press and bad press is good press. And yeah. I don't know. Well, I was saying this to Cooper the other day. I think we talked about this last week um, where we all play characters mm-hmm. like i might say like before you got here i was making a fat person uh joke that was a pretty long joke but i don't hate <laughs> fat people you know what i mean like i have but to it was be, light it wasn't really like i make it sounds worse you saying yeah. i was making a fat person of joke. Course. yeah but i want to put it that way i'm not trying to lighten it up i'm right. being i was making jokes but they're jokes like i have to embrace that assholey comedic side to be able to do one thing without only believing that and not being sort of tongue in cheek in thirty percent of it too. Yeah. Um, it's everything is more complicated than oh they're crazy, which is yeah. why you were able to say about your friend, well, we're just writing him off. Like yeah. now he's fine, and all those mm. people were like ready to just bounce, and maybe they did. Right. Um, well, that's such a longer conversation too, because most people are dealing with mental health issues right. or 
imbalances in their body or whatever it is like you know there's a lot going on there's a lot going on in in this time where you know most people aren't getting everything they need to be what they need their best selves you right. know no that will never so end too i feel like but especially mental health it's like yeah. that's everybody and it's e- been brain... taboo to talk about for so right. long and now everyone's stars are going hey i deal with this halsey selena gomez kanye west all these yeah. artists are going boom 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 i deal with this and they're coming out with it and they're they're, you know, giving love. relief to their fans. Like, okay, I don't have to pretend to be something I'm not or pretend to be perfect right. or whatever it I'm is. I'm not the only know? one that but thinks this way. That's yeah, what we're, exactly. we're constantly trying to figure out our equation for better us. And whether it's 100 years ago with different problems or today's problems, mm-hmm. like we're still responsible for our own No, no, yeah, equation. but I think the biggest difference is, is that today people that are in the like limelight or A-list or stars they or whatever, they're actually saying it now. Yeah. When back in the day right. it was like the agent was like, this can't get out. No one can know that you're dealing with bipolar or whatever. No sure. one can know you're dealing right. with depression. You're happy. You're a star. Like everybody needs yeah, to yeah. see you as that, which I don't like. And I'm glad it's like a little bit different or it's at least creating it's the conversation. It's a different game now too. Yeah. I mean, to be, I mean. Everything's different. It's different because even the average person is like, you know, I'm dealing with this. I'm dealing with that. And it's a lot of, there's not a lot of like. I don't know. Like everyone's got problems. Yes, thank There's, you. Yeah, I don't know how to say on, that. Everybody has I don't, a problem. Like yeah, everybody has and problems. everyone's posting that and putting that out. Yeah, and that's, yeah. There's that's far the more focus. corruption in our world today, but there's far more transparency too. Like it's more mm. of everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just exactly. an amped up equation. Like when well, I'm, you know, I'm a little bit older than both of you, um, but when I was a kid, there was a a rotary phone on the wall. Right. That was it, and you memorized <laughs> like eight numbers. Right. Yours, mm. your best friends. Your mom's work. I had that. The police station. <laughs> and, there, f- <laughs> and that was, there was no internet. Like, uh, if you wanted to learn information, you had to go to, the to library. where there, was, there were books. Yeah. And then find the book that had that information that was already outdated. Well, that's another reason why like, things seem so shitty now, too, is it's not even, nothing's changed. It's just become more obtainable to see it. Like, you can go onto Twitter and see that uh, this village just died like you know what i mean you wouldn't be able to see that kind of news unless you're like what watching like the eight o'clock news every night with your dad and like seeing that one story and you're like whoa that's happening right now but now it's like you can wake up lie yeah, in bed one go story i'm just saying <laughs> one story that night like two stories whatever exactly it's like crazy. yeah now it's you can go on and you can literally Dude, learn my morning horrific starts things with reddit <laughs> we're freaks for reddit um He's a freak for Reddit. I like Reddit. First of I all, I probably don't look at it as much as you do. I know off the you clock. don't. I don't. But I do Twitter. We have based a small portion mm-hmm. of the show on it, so now you yeah, are yeah. unfortunately in the camp for freaks for Reddit. Right, right. In a different way, <laughs> to a different degree, sure. But Reddit, yeah, it's similar to me in the in the sense of Twitter too. It's where my I'm just scrolling number one link to the world. Yeah. Like if there's a big thing happening, it's gonna be on there. It's gonna be on the front page. Right. I don't need to go at a bunch of different sources, and if I find something I like, I can investigate further. Um, but that's where you start your morning is that feed of information right. the entire world coming into one point and that did not yeah. that didn't exist so the whole game is complicated it's interesting it's like what information are you letting into it's like what defines you what voices are you listening to right because you could listen to geniuses right like yeah these certain artists <laughs> um you have someone in mind <laughs> that was a pretty big laugh for me not to ask <laughs> i mean i i try the biggest part of my life is is hitting a, a, a higher standard within myself, being a better artist every single day and studying the artists that have come before. And 
and just always expanding and and educating myself in order to become better and it's not going i'm the best i'm the greatest You're but the it's best. going <laughs> you guys <laughs> <laughs> that's sweet but you know it's like it's always growing it's always improving it's always looking you know at a higher level and trying to inspire and be that for others too and for other artists specifically i think you know everything we're talking about is valid because it all influences the art it all influences oh, the music and i don't if know you can it's maintain just that to like, if you can maintain that the way you see it now and it doesn't fade you will definitely achieve hmm. a lot yeah cuz we were saying i think last week you don't have to you don't have to meet some fantastic goal that doesn't really exist but if you shoot really hard, really far, you'll get somewhere totally right. legit. Mm-hmm. Right. It won't be perfect. It won't be what you had dreamed as a kid. But as an adult, you'll go, this is not what I thought it would be, but it's better than I thought it would be because it's real. And it's a lot. It's yeah. legitimate. And you just have to maintain, because you have a great view. You have a great um, vision of, great of how you kind of see it. Um, it's way better mm. than mine. I'm way more negative. Um, so if you can maintain <laughs> that. It's all balanced. <laughs> I like being um, as we get older. I'm pretty upbeat, but I'm also quite realistic, is how I put it. I'm a realist. Um, But but at the moment, you're not at an ideal. You're not like, oh, super idealistic. You're idealistic in a realistic way. So Mm. you just have to stay there and you'll be fine. Oh my God, I've done so much work. I'm I'm a romantic, so I I have always just been like like way over my head with, you know, these ideas and everything. But I've done a lot of self work too, which is like, allowing me to really see what my purpose and reason is for being on this earth, which is the only message I kind of want to spread in my music and to my audience Um, and build that authentically, build that connection and that relationship authentically with them. Because I mean, that's what people need. I mean, think about like when you were younger and like you needed music, you needed that artist, what they had to say. And and it changed your day or it changed who you believed you were. Mm-hmm. You know, like we align our consciousness, we align our headspace, we align our thoughts, our beliefs with these artists. And it's important, you know, for me as an artist to go ahead and, and bring that authentic space to my music. Um, so with this alliance, I started uh, in 2016 in February. Um, the The purpose and the focus was to educate to to spread education to you know other indie artists that that i was meeting i went to burbank high school i grew up in the valley wow and um i was in show choir and yeah i mean show choir so why why do they call it show choir (laughs) it's dancing and singing yes oh it is dancing okay okay. i did show choir as well you did did show choir too i was a tenor in show choir oh Mm -hmm. i was chamber choir no dancing we did thriller and we had all the rips Outfits on, oh my face gosh. paint, oh and yeah, it was big gosh. in my town. We were really Where are you into from? Connecticut. Connecticut, Madison, Connecticut. Oh yeah, my goodness. but I did okay. all that. Connecticut to Burbank, opposite ends. Yeah, cool. very opposite, but still very just opposite. as conservative. I think on both sides. Sure, really? yeah, <laughs> similar. I chill. I but would conservative. Think, I would think Burbank could be less conservative than Connecticut, right? Uh, <sighs> who knows? Yeah, I really don't have two any different proof. perspectives. Yeah, like who knows? All, all I have is my opinion from yeah. 
little bits here and there. Yeah. I feel like the idea of someone being from Connecticut was so far from my actual like childhood in Connecticut. Like people always, whenever I would tell them outside of there that I was from there, they're like, "Oh, so you're rich? You have a, you have like exactly. a that yacht? Is not how and I you see have a house on the shore?" And I'm like, "What?" Or like your dad, you know, in Burbank, it's we're like, Greenwich, and you're like, "It's uh, one little town in this whole state." I love, I love that. Well, in Burbank, the whole thing was always like, "Oh, your parents are." St- I'm good. Your parents are like stupid. Studio, you know, studio parents. They work for Were Warner they? Brothers. Were they? No, my mom. Um, she's actually an occupational therapist. What does that mean? So Please she, explain this to me. It's it's a uh, basically um, rehabilitation in like your daily life. So it's like getting yourself to to do th- normal things every day. That's what occupational therapy is. She expensive. Um, she she's be. the best in Burbank. Really? She's the greatest. Yeah, nice. Um. <laughs> she's awesome. Um, but she she has a specialization in you know hands and but artists. That's her. That's her whole thing. There you so go. Her, Let's say, yeah, Let's my dad's say. an artist. You know, her both of her kids are artists. My brother's a he's a oh. genius composer and, and wow. arranger. So and the whole wow. thing. I'm trying to understand. Does that mean is someone who plays keyboard or piano or draws things in the animation department like their hands are hurting after their daily work? Yeah, she's and she goes professional, professional musicians, professional artists, professional. And she you know, specializes in hands. Uh huh. Hands and and like shoulder to fingertip, basically. Okay. So it's the like arm. all the, yeah. It's it's all that all that. The the most important appendage. How much artist. is she a session? <laughs> I have no idea. You know what? I could hook a you up with something, dollars. though. Yeah. I could hook you up. Probably a million dollars. Are you feeling a little? So, and my dad is, um, you know, he's just my best friend. Oh. Yeah. He's nice. awesome. He um, he works in security. But, okay. yeah. But he's he's um, a musician. He's a, a drummer and, um, and uh, grew up, you know, doing the 80s rock thing. Nice. So. I probably know him. He, yeah, he was on the radio. They, he had a few successful bands, nice. and so my father. Awesome. And we pry. Is there one that would be the most recognizable? I don't know if you guys know DBA at all. Doing Sounds business familiar. as, but anyways, yeah, he's got a cool. He's got a few cool bands. My um, uncle and my father were both drummers. Oh really? Uh-huh. Drummers are yeah. funky dudes. Yeah, They're my uncle wacky. grew up or didn't grow up. He lives in Silver Lake and lived there since 1990. So I used to come out here and be in Burbank. We would fly into Burbank and. Oh, yeah. Since I was like three or four. Which was Bob Hope, and now it's Hollywood yep. Burbank. Mm-hmm. They don't call so, Bob Hope anymore? No. I do. I do, too. That's Bob fucking Hope Airport. Yeah, he owned <laughs> everything. Is. He owned all of Burbank, so might as yeah. well just My keep mom that fly- I flew out of there to, to Maine last time. Yeah. It was so much better taking a 15-minute Uber from my house than a 45-minute yeah. taxi. I, just picture, I picture you there at the airport, and they're like, oh, welcome to Burbank Airport. You're like, uh, uh, <laughs> Bob, Bob Hope. <laughs> it's Bob Hope Airport. Um, you guys are funny. What were you saying right before then? Um, Uncle Drummer. Drummers. My mother bought me a drum set when I was about eight, and um, it was stolen before she gave it to me for Christmas. That's such Um, a big thing to steal. Well, it was in New York. Um, She did craft shows in New York, and we would have a van that would she'd put the the craft the wooden toys she sold wooden toys Mm -hmm. um, into the van. They'd pack the van. They'd go to the 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 shows all over the country, and it was New York. It was the 80s when they parked the van with things in it. That's the time of the our our eras of where things got stolen out of cars right, in New right, York. Right. So 
all of my Christmas presents were stolen. One of oh. them, oh. So I was a spoiled oh. kid. Don't worry. It, well, I should have had two Christmases where everything was stolen. I'd um, be a little more humble. You were a giver in disguise. You were oh, giving to someone oh, that needed it more. It's true. Um, <laughs> so I never got that drum set. So because of crime, I don't have any drumming stories in my family. Wow, that is that's yeah. so sad. Criminal suck. So well, let me speaking... tell you why I don't play drums. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I love it. I never had a chance. Well, speaking of drummers, one of my closest friends is um, Dave Green, who toured with Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers yes, for he over did. twelve years as a drum tech for Steve Ferroni, who played with Michael, um, mm. Michael Jackson, um, obviously Tom Petty, the Heartbreakers, and um, how Tom Petty and, Prince drug. Pharmaceutical uh, dr- uh, uh, drug related deaths, right? Tom Petty. Um, I think that's what he's yeah. like. Yeah, he was doing, you know, I whatever know. pharmaceutical that I, he was told he should do. And yeah, I think he had a heart attack. I think yeah. it was cl- again. I'm, I'm, I might be wrong, but I think it was connected to that. Probably. As was Prince, right? We're, we're, uh, we're on board for that one. Yeah. Prince, I think, was like definitely some prescription. Right. It was some yeah. pharmaceutical yeah. bullshit. Ton of prescription drugs. That's yeah. way more dangerous yeah. than. You know. It's jacked up. Sorry, I didn't mean to it's derail, so but that's kind of my thing. Go on. No, no, I mean, I was just going down the, the drummer path. So we were at uh, the Hollywood Bowl. I think it was two nights ago. Pink, Pink Martini. Um, and, Is that uh, a show? Is that a band? So it's a, yeah, it's a band with a singer. She's amazing. Uh, I forget her name. But she's like a, a vocalist vocalist. Okay, she's okay. Like strong, technically strong, emotional, can tell the story when she's singing. A lot of singers What's will focus ethnicity? on... I think she's, I think she's white. I mean, I don't know. Straight she, up Scandinavian. I think she's proud. Yeah, <laughs> has some European in there for sure. But um, she's, you know, a lot of singers. You're looking at them, and they're they're focused on the riffing. They're focused on the vocal fries and the and the which More is the melisma, ah, please. kind of stuff. Yeah, it's all <laughs> those the, runs are not crazy enough. It's just, I mean, you can't hear the story sometimes because they're so focused on their voice or the way that they look and the shake of their body while they're singing. Oof. Which this comes from actual like African roots and and like this whole Holy Spirit moving through me kind of thing, which is like a real it's actually a real power and it's a real um, source, you know, and um, in in black music specifically that a lot of white like, you know, European like uh, like uh, what is it? Uh, British artists like British rock bands like the Stones and and. Uh, Joe Cocker and a bunch of these other guys took from basically and studied and it's like when you see them like moving funkily on stage like you know Mick Jagger's funky moves and stuff it's like he's pulling up that power and that that holy spirit you know Mm -hmm. that like that shaken holy spirit and a lot of these artists like a lot of these singers are are putting that on but they're not actually in it and so it's it's a little bit like for a lot of us how do you tell when someone's you can feel it but isn't that because you know you isn't experience that based on the individual it. though? Like, couldn't it be real for it, someone else and not for someone else? Of course, that's with anything in Just life. Seems like a hard but thing f- to prove. But for those, they are not for anything. those that, like that really de- for you, like with comedy, it's like you know a real comedian versus one that's just kind of like trying to bullshit their way through everything. For the most part, I wouldn't. I get that reference a little bit. Yeah, like you, you, I definitely seen someone on stage where I'm like, oh, this person's got it, and then right. someone on stage who's actually just like trying. But even sometimes the ones who are just trying hard well, are and we grinding and putting in the work. How yep. good someone is as a singer, or, or some. So I'm talking about they're attaining that I'm talking about prove. all kinds of like it's an energy. Yeah, energy. It's an energy. You understand. Yeah. It's it's undeniable. 
And this is something that, you know, a lot of people will be like, well, you know, like Kanye West is undeniable or like a lot of, you know, other artists are undeniable. And and I think for me, when I put certain artists that people bring up, like random, like what about this person next to like a James Brown, which is like authentic, like power. It's it's the power moving through him. You know, it's complete humility. And it's that like. I don't know. I don't know how to vocalize like what I've been, you know, immersing myself just, in, but mostly it's just like I completely believe you. I get what you're saying. I just am the guy that challenges assertion sometimes and when I heard you say they're either in it or they're not and you can tell, I'm like, "Uh, can you tell every time? Can everybody tell?" It seems just a subjective world that I just wanted to illustrate that's all i like that i think sometimes you can feel it like it's a feeling for me like i'll be at a show and i'll see someone like you said james brown i've seen anderson pack and he's playing the drums while singing and rapping he's so good and he's grammy award-winning he's young he's just he's just got it and when you see him perform live you're like in it where it's like if you're not if you normally don't dance at a show you just have to at this show Mm -hmm. because you just feel it everything's right and then you'll see someone who's still good but it's like you're just kind of like it just doesn't move to me but like you said to your point like what doesn't move to me might move to someone over there who's like is it might even be more magical that it's not the same for every receiver um where some people can tell some people can't if we're talking about talent and perf- and like the DNA connection to someone's ability to be like, yeah, of course you can tell when someone's amazing um, and they're supposed to be doing that thing they're doing and they're not faking it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but there's again, there's degrees. There's all these different yeah. levels because sometimes you could be really talented, but you're new at it and you're just you haven't you're not refined yet. You know, and that yeah. could be misconstrued as being bad, but you're just not at a level where you're seasoned enough. And right. no, nothing is black and white, right? You. you could say this is the you know absolute truth, and it is. But then when you stand five feet away looking at it, the same point it looks completely different. One hundred percent. But it's still what it is. The truth is the truth. But it's it's you know the every perspective is valid and invalid at the same time. Yeah, maybe. So yeah. we're getting existential, but I think I'll you know the it. point. That <laughs> yes, that's my middle name, literally. <laughs> That's why Starlight is my last I, name. I believe it. Two um, R's. Two, two R's. R's. Yeah. <laughs> and the reason I brought up David Bowie is the whole Ziggy Stardust thing and, and kind of how he would put on these characters and, and take his audience to another level, to another world. And um, he wasn't doing what the other artists were doing at the time. No, that was not And normal. he said a whole a whole new thing. So I, mean, I feel like he's the perfect example of like authenticity and also like I, I'm going to be me and I don't give a fuck what anybody else thinks about it. Inability yeah, to the, be phony. Wearing wearing girls' pants or bell bottoms, like just being Un- just, sexually undefined. Just like Freddie Mercury <laughs> in a way. Freddie Mercury wearing no shirt with like a vest and like tight ass pants that were like super white. And it was about making a statement at that yeah. time. It was about like making the audience feel something, you know? Yeah, yeah. and just like feeling themselves, like to yeah. be themselves. They want that to aggressive be. balance of male and female. I think for me, since I'm not a huge, I'm not a Queen fan. I'm not even like a person that listens to a ton of music. I don't make the kind of music that you make. And like, I am not the musician of the group. In even though I was a singer and I do like to sing or songwrite, I don't go to that level. So I look at things in a much more not studious way, but not the same beloved way that you guys do. I just don't. I have this much more. What am I looking at? Um, And I feel like, from an outside opinion, 
he's so aggressively masculine, but so comfortable in his femininity. He's just this like this lady dude, and he's no apologies. This is just fucking cool. Yeah. Yeah, there's this. I still think you know, by you know, since I've been going in and studying and kind of taking off all the layers of these different artists, there is, they are doing it. They're not doing it for me because I've gone in so many layers. It's like Taco Bell versus a five star restaurant. It's like, it's just, it is what it is. Like Taco Bell is a, a drive through. Like it's an instant. Like you see them, they literally just throw the meat in yeah. the shell and the cheese on top. Like there's no art. Cheese? Or finesse. I mean, again, not everything's black and white. You could have someone back there like really crafting that that you know taco, and right, I, right. and I can't say there's one. You know, you know what I mean. There are few and far between, but there's probably. But an sure. there is like a general like, come on, let's let's you know. Yeah. So I Fast mean, like food versus yeah, like a five star, yeah, like something that's really hot. You know, like Anderson Pock, I think is great. I saw him live. He's awesome. Yeah, yeah. and he really tries to create that experience, and he pulls from the icons. Mm -hmm. You know, he really does. So this alliance that I founded. It was to help, you know, educate artists around me. You know, I was I brought up Burbank High School because I was in the show choir, and a lot of these, a lot of my friends are are putting out music now. And oh, that's fantastic! They are, and and um, and a lot of them, I'm like, wow, if like I would love for them to see like what I see every day, which is like you know th these icons that kind of come around and and take me under their wing and go, these are the things you want to do, and these are the things you don't want to do. Um, and they're all positive. Everything's positive because they're doing it. They're about it. And um, and they're focused on on the music. And so it's not like a social media thing. It's not like an ego driven thing. It's very much about like discipline, you know, focus and like a standard of music. And so for me, like a, a lot of I mean, I was at the bowl and and a few singers were riffing out of key, which is not a professional thing to do, especially at the bowl. And it's something that, you know, I've been called out on stage I'm for, so for not on, doing. This was on the stage? Wait, like, wait, at yeah. The performance? At the performance. Okay. Yeah. So it's and, like for the audience and they're riffing. And they're riffing out of key because, okay. uh, I don't know, apparently. They just missed it. The or, monitors or something. Or, yeah. I don't know. They just so, were in the moment and fell off. Is this off. something you think the average audience member would notice or you notice because you're a trained so singer? and you I will say... I I used to expect everyone to know the difference because right. I'm I'm like come on you, you know have that ear. yeah but now I'm realizing well I'm the one that's starting to along with my other peers dive into these other levels and see what the standard really is right and so I my whole passion and focus is is carrying that level and take you know pa they're passing the torch on to me I've been going to these meetings called the Sapphire Hollywood Sapphire Group meetings it's a bunch of audio uh audio guys basically like like engineers engineers yeah. yeah and i was one of the few women in the room and the youngest uh in the room um and they want more women they want you know they want to diversify their group and um these older guys are kind of the, the leaders they're like we want you to come we want you to you know present what you do and we want want to hear your voice we want to hear from you so it's like I think it's it's amazing being a part of these guys that have worked on Madonna's albums, Michael's albums, everybody. I mean, all, not only all the current music that's going on, but also all the old rock stuff, all the old pop stuff. Um, 
one of my dear friends, Quentin Denard, was a session player for Motown Records from like the mid 70s. I think it was, yeah, like mid 70s, late 70s. Um, but played with Aretha Franklin and a bunch of others. And I learned from him. We, we talk on the phone at least like a few times a week. And, and it's just how you doing? And it's okay, good. And he'll give me like five sound pieces of advice, which are like, you got to go up on stage and you got to bring that character. You got to bring a larger than life character. And I was talking to him once. I was like, I'm kind of shy. Like, off, you know, depends on the I context. can be kind of shy. Be. And he's like, well, he told me he's like, you can't be shy on stage. Sure, be shy. But on stage, there's no time for that. There's no room for that. So learning from these guys is like a fast track to yeah. like what I want to I wanna be really. If so you're getting really those great. kinds of people coming into your life, then they're probably there to help you. Mm. You know, for certain reasons. I want to get back to one thing because I want to understand, not just the audience. I want to understand it. I really need to understand this off-key riffing. Um, (laughs) uh, You're at the bowl. Tell me what the bowl is. The Hollywood Hollywood Bowl. Bowl. And there's people get a chance to like sing while some professional is singing. No, this these are the professional singers on stage. What show is it? Who is performing? So this was uh, this was actually. (laughs) They were like hand the mic to the audience. Oh like, my don't goodness! Let them rip this is a no, no. this was an opening act for Pink Martini. So okay. it was it was Booker T, but but he was killing it. And uh-huh. Steve Ferroni, who is Dave and I's guy, um, Steve is hitting the snare, and it's cutting through the entire audience. Like you're, I was like inside of the drum kit. Like I was. It, Are you saying it was it great or it was too loud? Transcendent experience. Oh, okay. Just the drums, like just Steve. Whole and and everything was simple. It yeah. was like boom ka, boom boom ka. Like it's very very, you know, solid and simple and and in the pocket. Mm-hmm. And it just gave this like space for the music to live. You know, the rest of the music, the guitar and the keys and the singers, and and. It was the only, you know, part, you know, Booker T, obviously, and like Steve are just like carrying the set. And these other singers and, and you know, and players are extremely talented. Right, right. I'm a, as I was but assuming, the, everyone's really good. The level is a whole other level and it's undeniable. And, you know, some of these singers, you know, had a few moments where they kind of, you know, riffed the out of singers? the key. They were the ones singing the songs. Right. So they were like the lead singers. Okay. They were the How many singers. were there? There were f- four. Oh wow. Four of them. Okay. Yeah, but I'm just using them as an example. I mean, so they it's, were all it's at the, the Hollywood Bowl. I mean, there's a certain level yeah, of professionalism. No, no, no. I'm definitely yeah. on. Uh, I, I'm. I can't. Was it not... their whole set or just one part happened and it, it really was stuck f- out? It was like one one part from one from one guy specifically that i remember but i think there was another time but anyway yeah. but it was just like whoa like yeah. how i is just that? wanted to understand i did not i heard the pieces no of the story but yeah. didn't really see the picture i was like wait they're i thought they were giving the audience like microphones i'm like why are they letting people riff no this is a professional show oh, thank you for explaining that no, i have another question for you, you. yes um, you've mentioned michael jackson a couple times and I've had this continued discussion about can you separate art from the crimes? Yeah. Can you do that? Mm. And what is your what's your feel about that? I really haven't decided. Can we talk about it a little bit? We don't yeah. have to decide, but we can talk about it. Yeah. I'd so love to. I think I can separate because I don't feel like I've seen if you want you have listened to our show. We got a running joke. I've I've watched uh, Leaving Neverland twice. <laughs> no one watches that thing more than once. I did, and I caught some stuff I didn't catch the first time. Um and I I might be insensitive, but I can separate. I, 
when I hear bad, I don't instantly cringe because he's a child molester. Like I hear the song bad. Mm. I now think of Michael different differently and don't have the same kind of respect. He f- grosses me out now. And I and more questions about why, like what makes that a thing? Um, was it all the abuse? Was he naturally attracted to children? I'll never know. He's dead. Um, but I can still listen to bad. I, I, I don't have to, they, they don't have to equate to me. Well, I'm partial because one of our dear friends is Jeffrey Daniel, who taught Michael how to moonwalk and ran his, the A&R for his label for MJJ Records. He also stole the moonwalk? He, no, he didn't steal it. He That's taught it. it to him. He, he, you know, they were best friends. No, um, Michael stole the moonwalk. He never told me that Daniel's taught him. Right, <laughs> so he's a thief well, too. It's not, not cool. It's actually out. It's it's okay, out. Good. Um, right, it's out. It's not like a secret. Um, but I mean, Michael took from a lot of like D- Diana Ross, Stevie Wonder, Smokey Robinson. Those were his three. He took his nose from what was that white lady? His name? <laughs> oh my Serious. goodness! He did comedian in you. Well, it's impossible to ignore. They're not funny jokes. <laughs> oh yes, my goodness! Are. No, they're easy. They're e- yeah, yeah. They're you give me a list. You give me, give me a list of things he stole, and I don't say that, then I'm not <laughs> listening. So he didn't steal. I mean, we all we all are inspired, and I mean, Michael did it a way that you know other people weren't doing it. But anyway, and can't because it's him. But um, he's still Michael Jackson in that he, regard. I mean, he's a whole. He's a part of like as I don't know. We're all. He was about the music, and that's all I can. I. Uh, that's all I know for sure. I mean, I can see that. I can see the work that you know he put into it. He was. So you can separate too. Normally, I, I can. I'll, I'll say this about this because I've noticed this lately. Normally, I could separate. I think for me now, though, I'm no. I'm learning that it, for myself, it's a case by case thing. Mm-hmm. And with this thing, like with him, even before this documentary, I still thought things he did were very weird and very creepy. Um, well, All that yeah. stuff was just like out. It wasn't a secret that he would have like sleepovers and slumber parties. Like right. that was like right. they're showing news clippings of them talking about it from like the nineties. So it's kind of funny to me. Like now it's a bigger thing because now a new documentary has come out about it with these two guys talking about it. But really like it was all weird back in the day. And for me, like if a song does come on, I do change it right now because I just still like I don't know. Maybe it's because that movie, that documentary was so big and all that stuff is so relevant right now. But I, in my mind, I'm like, I don't want to listen to like, I don't want to listen to him right now. I will make a distinction and say, I don't remember the last time Michael Jackson's song came on. So I might even be wrong that maybe six months from now, I'll feel like you do. But at the moment that hasn't happened. Yeah. I I haven't heard his song and cringed because those two things aren't, even like the song Billy Jean, like that's a real thing that happened with him. Like some woman came and right. was like, "Hey, this is your kid," and he was like, "No, it's not." And like, <laughs> and it was like, like, "I know it's not." It was like, "Fuck you" to her, and didn't like, and then wrote a song about it. Like, I'm not, you know, I'm just a you're just a girl who claims that I'm the one, but the kid's not my son. Psh, like, and I still, so when I think about, it, I'm like, <sighs> he was very nice and like gave back so much, but like he still could have like at sometimes seemed like an asshole like everybody can in life but i don't know and i love he never seemed like an michael asshole jackson don't get me wrong like i'm not like a hater i 
did his songs in show choir. I love his music. I saw his show in Vegas. Like right. I love his stuff, but it's just uh, maybe it's like too soon in my mind because yeah. of that movie. But like if 80 70 percent 50 percent of what those two guys were because i know there's a lot of things out there that that wasn't Mm -hmm. true or Mm -hmm. they made it up Mm -hmm. if 50 percent or a little bit of that was true then like fuck this guy like this this is not a good person i'm a big evidence children that way like no matter who you are right but i like (laughs) i need evidence to believe something of course i believe that he did it like their testimonies are enough evidence for me that's evidence it happened to them yeah. There's nothing about their stories that seemed untrue. There's too many consistencies, and I don't think they're getting rich from these stories. I think they're better now because they finally admitted this shit happened. They're both emotionally healthy now as opposed to being before they were wrecks. The closure. I don't mm-hmm. think they made that up. So to me, he's pretty fucking guilty, although there's like a 1% chance that maybe they lied, but that's one. to me that's 1%. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a hard thing. Yeah, it's a hard thing to to dissect can't believe everything you hear or even see you know what i no, mean no no not it's anymore it's like i don't know not anymore exactly but I, I always see the good in people and i always give them the benefit of the doubt i can see that always that makes sense but a child molester she doesn't mean michael she's I saying mean, when she meets somebody like, i'm saying not michael i'm saying in general like if a person just like hurt um, so many children i don't know if i could still be like you know here's what? my Benefit one. Of the doubt. Here's my yeah. one. It's like yeah. well, there's certain situations where be, I do agree with you. They like, should I be agree. punished, jailed, mm-hmm. murdered, you know, whatever. But there is that sliver of you at least have to say, "Wow, that's not like they chose to feel this way." No, of course, it's fucking terrible. Can you imagine right. that being how you feel and having to deal with that? Like, it's terrible. Like, right. there's it's a it's lose lose in the situation. Like, you can't like them really and you can't like not understand that it's a terrible position they, they yeah. they're in. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the, that's why I think I watched that documentary twice is because we're talking about the most famous and maybe most talented artist at yeah. that time ever in the history right. of the fucking world, if you want to break it down. Super to some, Bowl show? Oh, my To use God. that power. Back in, like, 90s. To abuse yeah. in the way that he did. Sold the most records. For so, I mean, yeah, it's a, I mean, you took the most precious thing. I mean, maybe not being famous, but, like, that the the best at one thing mm-hmm. in the history of ever like in the whole race and you're like I'm gonna use this to make to do the worst crime ever like it's so off the fucking it's it's the craziest story ever you have to think about where he came from though because he came from a really really bad situation with his dad and his family and the position he was put I feel in. terrible for him he's still a criminal like this whole both things are true yeah that was my point yeah That's no it. for sure no he had a terrible childhood oh yeah abused terrible. like worse than. Yeah, I don't know. I don't say is that. that enough? This is my because I don't understand. Maybe if I did some research, I could figure it out. But is that all it takes to become a pedophile that you're abused? Is it a combination of no, things? No, I think it's a combination of a lot of different things. And 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 because there's a lot of people in the world every day right now that are growing up just being abused. I don't think all of them become pedophiles. And they not might become, everyone who abuses was abused either, right? right? There right. has to be some that just no, no, naturally yeah. like No, I think it. it's just like a yeah. chemical imbalance. Something isn't connecting up there and that crazy brain we all have that we don't understand right. where things change That's drastically. and yeah. yeah, so every brain is different from another. So it's like... Or something that was forced onto you that created trauma and then forced you to be someone else yeah know. who knows what it is but regardless it's still a bad thing well, at the end of the day i think yeah 
I was just saying, we think we have an, uh, uh, many personalities. Uh, imagine those who are abused creating new ones to deal. Right. Like mm. that whole. And to escape. You know, they must yeah. have. Like the split personality thing is totally real. Oh, for real. Yeah. But sure. just the number of personalities you need to survive that kind of trauma. 37. Mm. Anyway. Um, <laughs> you were going to say? Yeah. So. To change I'm, it up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's. Good- there's a whole there's a whole group of icons and I call them icons. They they hate that. They're like, no, no, no you know. What you call but the icon? I, <laughs> because of the work that they've put in, you know, their whole career and that they still put in, the one thing that they say, which I love, which is like, you're always learning. I'm all, every day I wake up, they always say every day I wake up, I read, I, I learn, I'm always educating myself and I'm always, you know, trying to do something better and different than I did the day before. And that's like I feel like that's the best attitude to have. What that's surprising, the secret. What right surprising there. thing are you obsessed with learning right now? Something that we wouldn't assume in music, like but anything. Anything other than music? Yeah, yes. Yeah. So it other can be music, music if that's all you do. But, but I'm just curious. Um, right now, wow, you caught me off guard. That's so okay. There may not be an answer. Many things. Okay. Pick one. Um, right now it's. It's actually, uh, it's sports stuff. What? 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 <laughs> well, I didn't see that. I'm coming. actually getting into, um, I'm getting into like, uh, I love the Dodgers. Oh, okay. They're one of my favorite teams. I love baseball. Wow. Um, generations of like my family were always listening to Well, you're a local girl. Yeah. That's yeah. A, t- it's a total possibility of yeah. being a Dodger fan. Yeah. But I mean, we went to games as a kid and my brother isn't like necessarily a fan or anything. Doesn't like. I hate baseball. baseball. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay, okay. It's a strong word. But, it's just funny <laughs> but like getting into like swings and the science of swings and just kind of like really the, the mindset of these players when they go up to hit because or, or whatever, just, sure, sure. you know, be in any moment because they've been you think about it. These guys have been playing since they were like seven or four even yep. or these guys, these dads are like, God, they're Throw me the ball, like yep. yeah, you know, like getting them ready for the, you know, the majors. I think since day one, but um, and a lot of these guys don't make it, and a lot of these guys most don't. A lot of these guys are amazing, ama- like even better than the players that we see, and and they just don't get picked, or they don't get seen, or what they do, don't. What do you mean? They're better, but they don't get picked. There needs to be a logic to that. Oh my god, not always. But I don't understand the situation. You're in the in this world. I've heard something I didn't know more about. I, I'm asking for more information. Um, th- what guys are better than the guys that are making the MLB? Well, I think some of these guys that are just like playing street, you know? Oh, so there's a street ball thing you're talking about. I'm just talking about like I think anything. there's a lot of players in any sport that anywhere. can be more talented that don't get the same opportunities. Mm-hmm. Fuck yeah. Yeah, College is one huge thing, especially with the NCAA. Yeah. So many kids... That are better than starting kids that will get drafted later in life don't get a shot to play in the NFL or that doesn't or, make any sense. They weren't going to the Listen, right school. It makes a lot of sense. They, yeah, the they, NBA starts scouting these schools all over the country when they're like ten. Yeah, I mean, the, okay, uh, the but, NFL. but a lot of students not they don't draft a lot of kids straight out of high school. That's like maybe one, maybe two. But there's other kids in that high well, school that are does. better. Or that don't yeah, get played college, that one game Yeah, but the college, if they draft them, if whatever. that kid gets kicked out of college for s- fucking smoking drugs or whatever, they had a bad childhood, they get kicked out of college, they get into a fight, get cut from the team, chances are the NFL will never draft them. Or like a professional team will never draft them. Unless they're really good, and then they will anyway. It it Life is rarely fair, happens. So I've been dipping a rare, lot into but this, there actually. Are, there are definitely a handful of... Of, of people in that position who were definitely picked. I mean... Sure, but there's a bigger handful of people who are better that don't make it because they don't sure. get the opportunity. Yeah, like, that makes a sense. A lot. 
I've I've been watching documentary on documentary on documentary about this. Right. I, yeah, recently. What, That's course. why you said sports. Yeah. But it's been mostly N, uh, NFL, not baseball. Right, right. So mm-hmm. I don't but there's so Especially many situations NFL, yeah. where these dudes are so talented and mm-hmm. something fucks up where they don't get the opportunity. They can't move to the city, they can't do this or whatever. And that at all these big corporations, NBA, NFL, MLB, they don't fuck around. Mm-hmm. So even if the person is so talented, if they go rob somewhere, if it's a bad look for the Chicago Bears or the whatever team and bad look for the city, people above them will be first to be like, no, he's not on the team. Like, we're not associating a, us with that. Or Crazy. if they choose some random kid like picture and go, this is the guy that did it. And it's like, what? No, he wasn't even there or whatever. And it's just, I don't know, it's crazy. These, these kids are amazing and they, they spend their whole lives working up to this point and they just never, Dude, I don't know, Olympics. some of them. It's the crazy. Like, some of them do fuck up. Some of them do fuck up, though. Get you no money. <laughs> yeah. Some yeah, of them do but... fuck up and make really dumb decisions. Yeah. yeah of course, Where I'm watching of and I'm just like, why? You just got drafted. Why would you <laughs> do that? And then they just get like oh. cut from the NFL. And they're like, they're young. I'll be fine. You're like, oh. yeah, you won't. That's that's really sad. Yeah, it's really sad. Um, a lot of kids who don't make it there have no idea what to do. My oh, current, yeah. my current obsession, EDC knives. EDC knives. Anybody? Nobody. That you bring to festivals. <laughs> Anybody? Nobody. No, no, no. What is? What do you talk? What is that? EDC everyday carry. Like I'm. Oh. I bought my. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, do these guys no, bring knives? EDM? I bought my. <laughs> well, EDC first... is a. It's a. Is that a festival? Car- yeah, it's a festival. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, no, that was not. Oh at the festival, no, that would be yeah, that would be a bad choice. Um, no, a uh, long story short, um, uh, every person, mostly dudes, um, has knife experiences in their lives. Like started cutting things, lived in the woods when I was a kid. Whatever, um, cooking. I mm-hmm. love. I have like a lot of cooks will have a nice EDC on them. Right. Yep. <laughs> they can't. Um, it's true. <laughs> they always have a good well, knife on them. Uh, yeah. Mo- any any man who works with his hands probably gonna have a fucking knife handy, right? I don't, and I want one. Well, that's what I'm saying is I recently been like, I want a knife on me, and I got this cute little $8 thing on Amazon. I was like, okay, great, and then I lost it. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, oh, I just got another cheap one. Like, oh, I'll just keep this, and I was like, I want to buy a cheap knife. I want to get a better Yeah, knife. get a good that's one. That's not expensive. I'll just get a, like a $40 knife, whatever. Yeah. Um, and now I'm like a week deep into fucking videos on. This is great. Can you send me some <laughs> good? Yes. Re- All right, I, cool. Absolutely. I need one for work yeah, for I like when it. I'm doing stuff. It's yeah. a little You'd be pretty cool with a girl with a knife old on her. school. I would be. Yeah. Although I don't like guns, I don't like. I'm I don't so, like guns either. I'm such a. But like, a knife at my work, where like working in restaurants, it's like it's, a good thing to have. I feel you. You're cutting open boxes. You're cutting shit all the time. It's, it's not for everybody, but when you become, it's like when I first bought a pair of boots. I'm like, oh, I'm a boot person now. <laughs> you know what <laughs> yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Never was. I feel before. you. I'm a now, boot person too. Now I'm. I always. I have a knife on me now. It's a piece of shit. It's gonna get replaced. I bought a new one today, but. I'm always going to have a knife on me. It's the mentality of like, I'm always at work. I'm always going to need it. I need to cut stuff wherever I am. Always. Whether it's a piece of plastic or, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah, it doesn't matter. An apple. An apple? I'm yeah. cutting apples all the time, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. Yeah. So what about you? You have to, what's your current uh, weird obsession? Current weird obsession? Um, I liked your baseball one. That was surprising. I love baseball. Eh, that's cool. <gasps> I went to a Dodger, while well, he's thinking, I went to a Dodger game about a year and a half ago, and I've been to Maybe the second professional ball game I've ever been to. It was fun once in a while. Grand Slam home run Dodgers first inning. What game was that? I don't what game I, was that? I mean, I'm coming off the street with Goodness. no knowledge of who the players are, what their record is. Um, but I was like, I felt so lucky. I'm like, I never do this. And baseball is kind of a boring story uh, for me. 
Uh, and I was like, Grand Slam home run first inning. Cool, man. I'm glad I came. It was awesome. That's amazing. Yeah. That's uh, It was not amazing. good for the Pirates. Poor Pirates. That was rough. <laughs> pirates game. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah. Um, I would say uh, it was what we were talking about before, which is ironic, but it's like a sports documentary series that I've been watching that I've gotten very obsessed with. What's and the series called? <clears throat> there's a couple. Oh, boy. So one I watched for a while was Last Chance You. Hmm. I saw that. Uh, the, yeah, the. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's pretty much like all of these kids who went to D1 colleges right. and had a full ride scholarship, literally number one player in the country, whatever. They were all from very bad areas all over the country. And, uh, and they just got in trouble. They got into a fight. They did uh, smoked weed, whatever they did that they got caught and got kicked out or cut from the team at the school. And obviously their scholarship goes away. They can't go. So they, they get cut from the school and they go to last chance university, which is really, it's just a, um, it's a community college. It's a junior football college. So kids will go to these schools, try to get their academics up. They try to get their film up from these games playing on that college team and then they use that as their real and and they apply to a better D2 D1 school and transfer. Right. So this coach is this hard knock crazy dude from Compton, this big heavy white guy who's just like swearing after swearing after every other word is fuck you motherfucker like <laughs> he's he's a character. Yeah. So it makes for great TV. But he's a really good recruiter and a really good coach. Um, and he's from the, this rough area in Compton, grew up with a rough childhood. So he really like bonds with the kids and they, and it's a, it's a good show. It's moving at some point. It's really hilarious all the time. But, uh, yeah, I've been really into that one. And then there's one called QB one, which is, God, I sound so dorky right now. No, it's, um, it's a show that follows the three number one quarterbacks in the country uh their senior year of high school that's awesome oh, that's so they're so awesome. watch that. yeah so it's watch a, that. they're like it's not nerdy at all so they've it's all super like cool. signed <laughs> up dude are we all nerds <laughs> right so they um, so they all maybe, these kids yeah. have uh already signed their and like one of the kids from the first season there's three seasons one of the kids from the first one he's like the starting quarterback he's a senior now at uh ohio like uh yeah at ohio state so he's a buckeye it, literally gonna be drafted to the nfl He's talked about a lot. He's like trending all the time. He's like this kid. So he was on that show. I remember watching him when he was on the show. But it's fun to watch these high school kids in their senior years, like transitioning, about to go to college. I wonder if being being um, documented like this will hurt or help them personally. Like, is there oh, still well, young? Some of them are could... super like ego. I mean, some right. of them are very like cocky. it could be. It could hurt. Yeah, some of them aren't cocky, and they're from a rough childhood, and it's it's like so tremendous to watch their like triumph like journey, and you want them to get to the best team. And some of them are already signed to like the number one college team to be a quarterback, and they're just like cocky and whatever. It, it's really enjoyable, but it's also, I think, I find it interesting to see how serious and like professional these 16, 17, 18 year old kids' lives are. At senior year, right. because of how good they are at a sport and have been playing it their whole life, into this regimented mm-hmm. lifestyle. It's so crazy yeah. when I compare it to like my senior year, or my high school career. <laughs> it's like watching that, and they're like on ESPN for their high school game, and it's like they're getting all these calls from like forty colleges with forty starting scholarships. That's insane. To like these crazy schools, it's really it's enjoyable. But so, yeah, I've been on. So that speaking kid. of uh, child prodigies, people who are amazing what they do at a very young age. Mm-hmm. What's next for you, Ali Starlight? 
Well, right now it's actually just doing the thing. So I've just been learning and growing and, and um, actually sitting with other artists and helping them in their branding and their business because that's a huge part that I love actually about this whole thing is the business of music as well. Um, and more so in the sense of like, right now it's the greatest time for independent artists because you can release your music immediately Amen. and talk directly to your fans without the the need of a label and, and that middleman. Right. And so right now we individually as artists have full say of what we want to say, how we want to say it and mm-hmm. what we want to be. Mm-hmm. So like sitting down with these different artists that are like, okay, Ali, Ali, I have this plan. Like, let me run it by you. And then I'm like, cool, cool. This is your next step. Or like focus here, do this. And, Mm. and I learned so much from them and where they are. And so it's just this like mutual back and forth of ideas and like, they just go off and they do it. And it's just incredible to watch them like soar and find that inspiration, that support, especially with, you know, the people that show up uh, for the Alliance meetings on Wednesdays, we meet every week. Are you open to other people joining the Alliance? Of course. It's totally open. It's open. Yep. It's and open. And you meet every Wednesday. Every Wednesday. In from Studio City. In Studio City, yeah. At a private studio um, from 1 to 3. And then before, we meet at M Street Coffee, which is like packed out. Andrea, she's the owner. Oh, nice. And it's just, yeah. People are like, you should buy like the block because oh, we all want to like sit and eat <laughs> breakfast. Hey, man. Seriously. You could everyone all pool your community. money and do that. It's true. That's the only way to get it done now. Dave Grohl goes to M Street and Hillary Duff and some others. Figure it Maybe out. We can be your them. organized self. Make it look professional. Get it done. I smoked a joint with Hillary Duff at the Troubadour. Was it the and best I didn't know it was her ever. until the end of it. No? It was really funny. I she's was like, one of the sweetest people you'll ever meet nice. in your life. I just thought she was like, my, uh, my friend from college, his band was playing at Troubadour a while ago. And... She was there, and because one of the singers had written a few songs for Hillary Duff, and um, yeah, I just thought she was just a cool girl, and I was talking to her for a little bit with my buddy, and then at the end she like left, and I, we were all like, all right, later, and my buddy was like, dude, it's Lizzie McGuire. And I was like, what? Lizzie McGuire. I was like, what? Oh my what gosh. Year? I was like, what are you talking about? It was so funny. I was when like, was oh, this? it's so funny. When did this happen? Uh, it's just 2014 or 15. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So it's so. before she like kind of started releasing music again. Yeah, she, I think she, she had some stuff out. She was stuff. there because the guy in the band, the singer, his name's Mitchie Collins. Um, he's in, uh, oh, what's his big band right now? Uh, is that her fiance or husband no, no, or no, whatever? No, no, okay, because no, no, I know no. he's a musician too, I think. What right? happened to Amanda Bynes? Oh my gosh. I just saw one, uh, She's the Man, the other day. Do you remember what that happened? one? Yeah. She does the, she's like. I saw a post yeah. the other I didn't day. See, of what I didn't to see Amanda any Bynes. of her things. I was too she's old. The but best. what happened to her? Uh, I mean, child actors are. They have it hard. Like overnight. Lovely the band. Lovely the that. band. Yeah, do you know them? Uh-huh. Yeah, I do. Yeah, so the singer, nice. I know the singer, uh, he he and my roommate in college uh, were in a band together as well with another friend of mine from college who studied acting with me in the same acting school. She was the singer. Um, and yeah, so that was one of the guys at the Troubadour. We were, we were there. Are you guys David Johnston fans? Mm-mm. No? You're musicians. You check no. it out. Oh, dudes. I'll find the documentary... The Devil David. and Daniel. Uh, what did I say? 
Daniel Johnston, I said, right? You mean Robert Johnston? No, Devil and oh. Daniel Johnston. Devil, uh, oh. Yeah. Find that documentary. Oh, you might okay. not like him. It's not okay. like guarantee you no, like I'm his open. style, but the story is, um, yeah, it's crazy. Hi, how are you? I think is the name of the uh, album. Oh, honey, that's the other thing. Oh, honey. yeah. If you haven't seen that documentary, you know mm-hmm. oh really? Mm-hmm. Oh wow, that's great. Wait, what's your vibe? What what kind of music do you make? Like hip hop and rap music. You told me jazzy, that. Okay. Like, yeah, it's it's. It, I'll send it to you. It's send you send it to me. Genres. You guys should do a dual recording. We should. We should do a song together. Let's do it. Yeah, you could sing on a hook. That would be awesome. Yeah. There you go. That'd be sick. Actually, you and I should sing the harmony on a hook. That'd be cool. That's what really we should cool. do. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do it. Boom. Um, but yeah, oh honey, <laughs> oh honey is who we were seeing because that was in 2014. Uh, but my mm-hmm. friend was the guitarist for Oh Honey, and uh, uh, that band was formed at our college when, when I was in school there, living with Ian. That's so funny. She was a musical theater major, mm-hmm. the singer, and then they started that band. Um, I think that's damn. Yeah, we did it. Yeah, um, right, like an hour. We and should 10. go to the Alliance sometime. I'm down. Why not? Once Let's we start recording. You guys um, are welcome anytime. Right? Yeah. Anytime. Yeah. You can even record on a Wednesday, it's, go yeah, to the we'll, Alliance, yeah, we'll do pick up we'll, some guests. Yeah, we'll Seriously, have it's like a Nanda's. huge we'll network. It's awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. We all pile into a room. We and could just... go there every Wednesday and get our guests. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, you could. I'm telling you, really you we could. need to start. Any... We have to out, go outside this okay, pool. And so yeah. I'll see you tomorrow. So where can where can the people find your music right now? Or where can everybody listening, where can they go listen to Instagram? Bowie Showed Me is out on YouTube under Ali Starlight, A-L-I. Starlight with two R's, and that's Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, nice. Alley Starlight. But I'm gonna start releasing a bunch of music soon. Awesome. Just you know, kind of yeah. throw out stuff and see what happens. See how you everybody likes it, and just kind of only keep creating. Fifty years left to make that happen. <laughs> <laughs> you have the. It's amazing. It's fun, right? Being young and knowing what you want to do. That's got to feel good. Sometimes you know, young, you don't know what you want to do. That's oh rough. no, I've never felt that way. You're lucky. Yeah. Some people don't don't know <laughs> oh what they my want. Goodness. Can you imagine that? That's yeah. scary. No, I like helping other people find what they want. I okay. like diving into their soul and being like, okay, when you were five, you had a thought. <laughs> Tell me about it. Like, give it to me. Yeah. Here's you a know? rough Here's a rough spot that, I'm not going to say you're going to find yourself in, but this scenario, it, I totally was down before when we were talking about like um, quality and, and not or into it, whatever. I truly believe, and you guys may not agree, I think you're either born with a great voice or you're not. You can learn to be better, but you either have it or you fucking don't. I think you're born either tone deaf or not. Right, so that makes because sense. Because I better. think I think people, some people that aren't tone deaf who maybe don't sing can can get better and learn and can always get better. But either when it comes to a voice, you either got it or you don't. And what's going to happen is you're going to get a lot of young people who are going to support you, they're going to love your stuff, and you're going to make them more like, oh, figure out what you want to do, and some of them are going to want to be singers, and they're not going to have the voice, and they're going to go on American Idol, and it's going to be rough. Well, <laughs> first of all, don't do American Idol. Second of right, all... Right, that's good advice. It's the wor- It's the best advice. Yes. It's the worst decision. Um, more than you're either born with a voice or not, you're born with a love for people and your audience and and the love of music and the love of... and and service and and just you're either born with that or you're not there are people that hate people don't want to give anything that whatever you know what i mean it's like you're either born uh, like talent is such an overrated thing because if you don't have you can always learn skill always you know just like cooper said you can always learn but 
the spirit <laughs> behind which you sing, that heart, that compassion, you can't teach somebody that necessarily. You can unlock it within someone. I think a lot of us, you know, are born compassionate, but we learn, we unlearn it. But a lot of people don't want to unlearn it. You know what I mean? And that's where, that's where it's difficult. Yeah, the, the life experiences play such a huge role in all of these things, um, yeah. and it's always a combination: what your talent, in, you know, inherits and in, in, what it has inherent and inherit. Um, you get some things. You're born with some things. You mm-hmm. got to figure it out and hope to God you don't get destroyed by someone. And, <laughs> Become a terrible, broken individual. Um, but there's always hope. On that note, it's never too late. <laughs> you guys. Hey, man, we've you so much for coming. You're amazing. Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming on. I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. We'll definitely come to the Alliance. We're going to come, uh, and you're going to come back on the show when we're in yeah. Studio City, and we're all going to check out Bowie Showed Me amazing. on YouTube. Awesome. Thank you, Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Okay. We'll see you next week. Peace. Bye. Choose these babies